See, this is why I don't listen to your show. <laughs> I don't do this on my show. I don't sing on my show. I don't subject people to that. That's only for I the special accusement episode. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. how it goes down. So I start off every episode, and I say it exactly that way too, by the way. Every single episode that I do an interview, I say I started off by asking who you are and what do you do. We'll start from right to left. Yeah, that'd be you, sir. Oh, that would be me. <laughs> You're military, right? Uh, my name is Russell. Uh, I uh, sing live. Uh, I also play a uh, guitar program, uh, do electronics and stuff like that. Um, for the, what band? The production for the Akuzma. The Akuzma. Oh, yeah, that's the band I'm in. I'm in the Akuzma. <laughs> really? Did y'all know that? I've never seen the Akuzma. No. We need to listen hard to see them while you're on stage being we, them. I'm not looking. <laughs> They're behind me. The problem is I think we need to listen to more of these podcasts to know who they are. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been on a few. But um, but yeah, no. so I'm the lead singer, and uh, you are? Um, my name is Grover. Keys. Um, little programming. Dancing. Give my two cents when things suck. So... <laughs> Um, I'm in the backpack, so I see all their asses, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's disturbing. They shake it. <laughs> all right. But, yeah. Oh, okay, and so Russell gave, well, Russell, you don't really have a stage name necessarily, right? Um, or is it no. just Rot? No, I just go by Russell Rot, but yeah. Okay. Grover, do you want to say your real name or? Yeah. No, um, keep it. No, keep it. <laughs> no, keep it's it hidden. Secret. Don't take off the mask. <laughs> Don't take off the mask. First name Super. <laughs> Super Grover. Last name Grover. Who are you, Super Grover? All right. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. I'll pass the ball to this guy. Ooh. And you, sir? I am Jason. I am the actual Jason. I am the first Jason. The only Jason. The, the one first that matters. Jason. Wow. So for those of you who didn't get it already, I'm just going to out it now because he pretty much outed you. He's the, um, Grover's only, name is Jason as well. He's he's so much Jason that he's zero. That's true. It's like he's he took the Jason off Jason before the first Jason. He like yeah. he took off my wrestling mask. He did. With your Libra, and I was like, he demasked he un- you yeah. and shaved your head. And sh- <laughs> yeah, and put the mask back on. That's <laughs> shame. So we've got two Jasons in the band, and we were joking earlier about like, what if all of y'all just were named Jason? Yeah. All of y'all's were named that doesn't sound that would be terrible. That, that would be be pretty sexy <laughs> for everybody already named Jason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Russell, you're gonna have to change your name. That's the way it's gonna go. That's terrible. <laughs> you look like a Jason. I object. <laughs> Actually, that's I, I could pass for Jason. <laughs> kind of does. Hi, my name's Jason. Although Roger doesn't look we're, like Jason. We're the Hispanics, and we have the the white name Jason. <laughs> it's just well, Russell's a white name. Well, that is true. Russell's a very white name. I don't think I've ever met a Hispanic dude named Russell. You won't. Ah, my cousin. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, multiracial family? No. Straight up? Very yeah. unoriginal. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. Well. There's <laughs> something about the 80s, I don't know. Hey, maybe. Maybe. You never know. So we're missing, we're down to, uh, we're down DJ who is in, is he in India right yeah. now? Our drummer's yeah, in India right now. He got now. deported again. <laughs> <laughs> so DJ and we Fellows. fought it but he's probably going to just take another ship like he did last time and get back one of those you know, crates then, <laughs> yeah and then our bass player that's how he Roger. gets so good at drums is because he's at sea so long hiding in the back of his ship he just plays on the drums <laughs> that's actually a funny story that should be in the EPK from now on right uh, and then we're down our bass player Roger and then, and, and then we're down our thunderous bass player Roger we have a bass player what <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we're always down. We, we have to. I love you, Roger, Roger, real quick. <laughs> yeah, and Roger, I think probably does listen to the podcast. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. Um, but uh, Roger, we joke. That He'll listen to this one. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, what did they say about him. me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Roger just got a five string bass, and what was the first thing that everybody said? <laughs> How did you tune it? <laughs> okay, what was the second thing everybody said? You just needed one string. <laughs> He's got five of the same really? string. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to look. Good. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, it, I, it's an awesome looking bass. I got to say that. But he does play pretty well. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. 
Why are we laughing at this? This is horrible. We love you, Roger. They're being yeah, snarky. You, they they are. They the, are. The bass player always gets it. The uh, snark <laughs> level is very high this evening. So for for those of you who do listen to the podcast, you'll you'll know that I've mentioned uh, the Akuzma before, and specifically that I'm the manager of the Akuzma, my management team. And we'd like to take the time to say the hello to all three of you. <laughs> the listeners, Real all nice. the fans, yeah, oh. Real nice. Real okay, nice. No, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, now, now you've interrupted the flow of, of what my you've interrupted my flow. <laughs> you want us to flow. keep it going for you? You, you could expect no, no, more. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> oh man, no. I so I Mario. The, the what pleasure. is your name and what do you do? So Mario, my name is Mario Zamron, and I am your host for Two Ten Local Media Podcast, which I have been running for. This is now season three. Uh, we're in 2016 now, even though this episode was recorded in 2015. So Wait, time what? traveling. We time traveled. <laughs> we time traveled. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. Your calculator His watch doesn't work. Because <laughs> we're in the future. Because <laughs> you're in the future. You need the flux capacitor in that thing for it to work properly. Um, no, but I am proud to say that uh, the, the 210 local music team manages the Kuzma, and uh, we have entered in this amazing partnership, and we hope to uh, really, really get these guys going somewhere. Uh because they deserve it. They We're going to be a household name. Yes. Unless unless you're our intern, uh, Christian, who keeps calling you guys the... Uh, oh, God, what does she say? The uh, She doesn't say the Akuzuma. The Akuma. Akuzuma. Akuzuma. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys heard that one before? Yeah. Um, yeah? Okay. We hear Akuma, Akuzuma, Yakuza. Yeah. What else? Yeah, we've heard a few of them. Yeah. So what does the Yakuzuma mean? What's the, what's the, back, the behind the scenes of the name? Um, we were coming up with a new project and this one and, uh, just trying to come up with a band name that was something that was unique, but kind of cool. And, um, a lot of bands lately have been doing, you know, larger band names. It seemed like they're like a full sentence, you know, they're a mouthful. It's four or five words in the, in the band name and I wanted something a little smaller. So, um, uh, just hanging out with a friend of ours. Uh, his name's Tricky. He's done some um, vocal work on some of our music. And uh, him and I were just talking one day, and he came up. Uh, he said, hey, I've uh, heard this word before, Akuzma. And uh, original spelling of it is A-C-O-U-S-M-A. Hmm. And um, the definition is an auditory hallucination, which, you know, in itself is a cool definition or yeah. whatever. Um He's like, yeah, but the you know the spelling. I don't know if that would work for a metal band. And he's like, well, why don't we change the spelling up and make it kind of you know foreign looking? So then mm-hmm. we change the spelling to A K U Z M A, and then put the word the in front of it because it just kind of had that ring to it, like the Akuzma, like it was like, yeah, you know, it gave it importance. I guess is what it sounded like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Although right. a lot of people do refer to us as just Akuzma sometimes. Yeah, like I hear that a lot, and, and people announcing and stuff like that. They don't use the the in front of it, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just the uh, basis of it. And then, uh, you know, the definition being an auditory hallucination, which we thought was pretty cool because it's like, it kind of fits in our music in a way because we have a lot of different uh, sounds and things going on, experiments in our music, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Everybody's influenced by different styles. So yeah. it all comes into one. So, well, absolutely. Let's uh, actually, that leads right into the next question as far as uh, how did you get into music? What was, and we'll, we'll, We'll start in the same order from from right to left. Um, what got you into music? Was it family? Was it school? Was it just listening to music? Was there anybody musical influences in your family? Somebody that you learned from, or was it? Are you the only one in your family that's musically talented? Um, no, I have an uncle that uh, conducts orchestra, symphony. Oh wow! Um, for UTSA. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's still there or not, but uh, he was there for a while. And, um, but no, for me, it was, uh, I was kind of, uh, almost a late bloomer. I didn't really get into music until like high school, probably my freshman year is when I really started getting into bands. And, um, I had a friend of my, uh, my dad had a work friend and he was really into old school, uh, eighties industrial, uh, skinny puppy, um, front two, four, two stuff like that. And so that was the first person that ever introduced me to, um, I mean, my parents listened to country and classic rock. So growing up, it was either like George Strait for me or like, uh, you know, 
Chopin um, or Bon Jovi <laughs> stuff like that. Rock, not classic rock, you know what I mean? Classic like rock. stuff. So <laughs> blues clues. So for me to hear, uh, ele- yeah. So for me to hear electronic music presented in a, a more aggressive light, yeah, like some of those uh, '80s bands began to do, was really cool for me. And he yeah. so you know he would let me borrow CDs and take them home and listen to them. And so um, from there, I just kind of started to grow on anything that I could that had. Uh, the uh, the name industrial in front of it. I was just you know enthralled by that, cool. um, which ultimately led me to listening to uh, you know Nine Inch Nails, nice. yeah. and uh, from Nine Inch Nails it just kind of sprawled out from there. Them being one of the you know more staple mainstream mm-hmm. associated acts for that genre, yeah, and uh, and yeah, it just it just branched out from there. My love of music, and then. Um, you know, I just uh, started seeing concerts and stuff like that, and uh, from there decided I just wanted to be a performer. It just looks so cool to be on stage and be in front of that many people, and uh, you know, be able to tell them, you know, three thousand people to put their hands in the air and watch them do it is just mm. an yeah. amazing feeling. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it began for me. Yeah, Grover. Well, I kind of grew up actually listening to classical music, um, mostly classical piano. Mm-hmm. I think I actually learned how to read music notes before I actually learned how to read a book. Wow, really? Not bragging or anything. These are just like three-note songs or five-note songs, just beginner things. Yeah. But my grandparents had an organ in their little living room, so that's where I learned how to play keyboard first. Yeah. Did they teach you? or No, um, on my just own. just kind of picked it up? Yeah, just picked up one of the music books and just kind of figured out where the keys were, what mm-hmm. notes went to what you know yeah so you know i just try to self-taught then yeah. a little piano lessons here and there to get a little bit of the you know fundamentals i guess you can say right right but it's always been classical music's my first love beethoven's my idol yeah not saying i can play like him but i think i resonate more towards his style aggressiveness and stuff like that um then it anything that has keyboards in it mm-hmm. in the early mid 80s when I yeah. heard like the Pesh mode, nice. I liked like them a lot. Um, you know, anything and then it started going like what Russell like going into the industrial. Yeah. But before I got into metal, it was more rap, hip hop. Oh, yeah. I love bass music. Yeah. And even Russell can probably he he and I have something in common like bass three hundred five, Techmaster PEB. You know, mm. some of the bass music that yeah. just no lyrics, just. Bass and it was uh, it was like electronic hip hop bass music that, right. that came out of the uh, mid '90s from uh, a lot of it originating in um, Florida, like Miami mm-hmm. area, and um, there was no like rappers rapping over anything. It was just the music itself, but like it had these insane bass tones, and people would use them in like car contests and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah so thumpers. Like, so but the music behind it was really well done. Right, <laughs> great production and. I had a part-time job working at a car wash, and every time I made $10, $15 in tips straight to the CD store, bought me a, <laughs> a bass tape or, you yeah. know, yeah. you know yeah. back then I, I'm old enough to have cassettes. So, hey, um, I had 8-track. I had 8-tracks. <laughs> and the old 45s on the Mickey Mouse vinyl yeah. players. Oh, hell yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It was, a white, was it a white box oh, with man. red on it, I think? <laughs> this oh, is, this, you're eating up my time. Sorry. <laughs> Right. On that note, zero. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> zero remembers the Mickey Mouse final players. I remember the ones you had to wind. Yeah, yeah. Dude, from when you were in college. Yeah, <laughs> it was like my my final project. Oh man, so zero. You, I don't think we mentioned you play guitar for the Kuzma. Really? Did we mention that? We I, we didn't cover that. I didn't know you. We either. covered keys and vocals and guitar and and uh, music making, but we didn't specifically say that you were the guitar player. He plays the get fiddle. I play the guitar. Yeah. yeah. I have just been notified. So, oh man, you got a lot of songs to learn. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. He has to check the Dropbox too. Yeah. Ap- apparently, had to check the podcast too. Oh, man, God, you bust my balls. So, so tell me about your musical history. Like, what um, got you into music? Was my parents. It, yeah? My parents were really big into music. They were into classic country, which I still like. Ooh. Oldies. We grew up in a big Elvis fan family. Yeah. And then uh, me and my brothers, as we got older, we got real big into that 80s metal, especially the big four. And about that time, we all picked our instrument, and I got chosen to play guitar. Yeah. 
It wasn't something you chose or something that was thrust upon I actually you. wanted to be a drummer. Really? Yeah. Really. That's funny. And That's funny. Uh, no, I got chosen to play guitar, and my other brother's one pick bass, and he's an awesome bass player. And the other yeah. one plays drums, and he's a great bass player, too. <laughs> great bass player, too. Yeah, he plays not bass, drummer. too. He's not a good drummer, <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's a great bass player. Oh, you got to keep up, folks. <laughs> Zero's fast. He is. He really is. <laughs> So, but like all all these industrial, I have no idea what these guys are talking about when it comes yeah. to this industrial and hip hop stuff. He doesn't understand. <laughs> so it's funny for a a quote unquote metal band. I mean, do you, what do you consider? First of all, let's label the the. I know it's difficult to to slap a label on things, but I mean, do the multiple label thing if you need to. Like, what if somebody's never heard of the Akuzma? What would you classify yourselves as? Electronic metal. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, that's a good definition for it. Because um, I've seen like I mean, EDM. It's, it's 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 various forms of electronic music and it's various forms of metal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you so, if you listen to one of our songs and you yeah. take out the metal guitar, it sounds electronic. Mm-hmm. If you take out the keyboards and the backing beats and stuff like that, it sounds like metal. Right. If you take out Russell, it sounds like shit. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like nothing because then it's just like. <laughs> then it's just five, four guys looking around at each other like, what are we supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> no, you want to go, go get a sandwich? <laughs> but it's not your standard thrash metal where it's right. continuous double bass in 150 beats per minute. You know, it's not just keep on chugging. It's yeah. We do a lot of, um, there's some break beats. There's our electronic break beat. There's, we try to put a different elements into it. And yeah, anytime we advertise ourselves. We'd say Texas electronic metal, you know, as yeah. far as. And the Texas is a good identifier, too, because it's. It's got some country wang in it. Yeah, there is. I mean, it even it, it comes out. There's just in some of the songs you can hear just a little bit of that um, southern guitar style influence, you know, the, the coming from Pantera and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a little bit of that. That's so Texas being a part of the moniker isn't really a bad idea bad thing in my opinion it just it, sounds, it really you know, is five guys putting their own influences into the music yeah yeah which definitely. is very cool because it, i mean it except gives for it, roger because we had to tell him what his influences are <laughs> <laughs> roger you like this yeah. no but uh it, it, it comes out cool because it gives us the ability to be creative and not really box ourselves into one particular category. Mm-hmm. I mean, one song can have a, a dance feel to it, and the next song be more progressive metal, and the next song be like a rock song. And yeah. um, but they all have a very common like sound to them, so you always know it's coming from us. You know, yeah, there's no sound. right. But um. I mean, in this day and age, I mean, there's a, there's a, a bazillion bands out there that fall into very specific categories. You know, there's a you know, thrash bands, metal bands. You know, on electronic music, you got dubstep artists, you got techno artists, trance artists, you've got uh, hip hop artists, rap artists. I mean, they all do very specific genre stuff very well. So for us, it's like, well, why not just borrow from any genre that we feel like you know what i mean well especially with everybody's very taste in music i mean that's definitely helpful so whatever the song really calls for is just kind of where it goes like really i believe in letting the songs write themselves you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i just listen you know we play something record it listen back and then you can just kind of feel like what the next part should be so the songwriting process is is mostly organic in that manner yeah sometimes it doesn't even start from the beginning it starts right in the middle like oh, create yeah. a breakdown, build mm-hmm. it from there. That can work backwards, yeah. Yeah, some yeah. even oh, that's a good ending for a song. Yeah. Let's build backwards, you know. Wow. I mean it's not so much finding a theme or anything to a song. It's just just play what you feel. If mm-hmm. it works, it works. Great. If not, you know, next. Is there any one element that starts it? Is it is it keys or guitar or or no, vocal? No, it's it's actually It can um, be a drum beat. Yeah, yeah. It's been built off of. Uh, we have songs that are built off of every instrument. Um, songs that have started off a keyboard line or a guitar, a vocal idea or melody. Uh, there's songs that start off even with a bass line. We've had a couple that, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it just depends on the song once again, mm-hmm. you know. But we always try to approach each song from a different angle. You know, if you start every song with a super fast guitar riff, then they're all going to kind of end up sounding the same in the end or falling mm-hmm. in the same category, which 
you know, if that's what you're trying to do and a lot of bands are, then that's great. But for us, it's like, we want to be more creative than that. I think the only advantage that a band can really achieve nowadays is through creativity, which is great because we're artists and that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think if you're trying to be heavier or faster or more technical or, you know, write poppier songs or whatever, I mean, it's, it's most of it, 99% of it's been done before. Mm-hmm. So you're just rehashing something somebody else has already done. And that's not to say that we're not borrowing from our idols and our heroes and stuff like that. But, um, you know, so we, we just try to approach it from the fresh idea of, okay, this song can start with a keyboard line and the next one could start with a metal guitar riff and the one mm-hmm. after that could start with whatever, you know and I mean? A sample from a movie or something like that um, to try to keep it fresh so that when the listeners listening to our music, they're not just listening to what feels like one long song on repeat. Right. And I've heard a lot of albums that sound like that, like ten songs, and I mean they're all they're all pretty good, but like none of them stand out. They're all one through ten. It's all just like one song. Yeah, right. we love for everybody love one through ten and yeah. put it on yeah. repeat. But if not, at least as a music fan, you can appreciate maybe three or four mm-hmm. that right. fits your style. Yeah. So. You know, you know we, if, if everybody had that one Akuzma song that they just loved to death, I'd be happy with that. Exactly. You know, yeah. they, they could not like the other 20 that we have, but if they, man, that one song, I'd love that song. Then that means that we spoke to that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of just trying to speak to a certain group, we're trying to speak to everybody. Well, coming, coming from the audience side of things, like I've seen people go ape when you guys play Apotheosis. And I know that wasn't originally in the, the lineup for a while. And then... Uh, more recently, that kind of popped up, right? Um, yeah, it was uh, one of those songs that we wrote a while back, um, and then we hadn't played it in a while. That's from the where, from where you stand demo, or yeah, it was, was I on that one? It was yeah. a where you stand like, single. Yeah, several. It yeah, was a demo it, version. It was a B side to it. Yeah, it wasn't generally mass. It I was. Saw, I saw yeah. Zero saying, "Which one is that?" <laughs> I just wanted to address that. It's that <laughs> slow song. No. Um, <laughs> You get sexy, make babies to it. <laughs> you know, we have some of the weirdest responses. Um, you know, a lot of the, some of the songs will put our heart and soul in and just like bust our ass trying to make them the best. And people, of course, do appreciate that. But then we'll have those odd songs like Apotheosis. Uh, we have another one, Pills. And people just like, they just stick out and people just like love them. You know mm. what I mean? Like, and they're not really anything that would be a single or whatever, but they just once again connect with an audience and they're just. Yeah, I just like the way it goes. I think Apotheosis is cool because it follows the songwriting dynamic of like quiet verses and loud choruses. Yeah, like the verses are very whispered and very quiet with no guitar, and then when the chorus kicks in, it's all very heavy guitar with a lot of screaming. So yeah, that yeah, that, that one gets a good response. Yeah, that, I mean that's a that songwriting formula's been around a long time and um, gets a good response. So. So let's let's go back a ways. Let's go back to the beginning of Akuzma. What was the the genesis of it? I know previous to Akuzma, you had been in. Of course, everybody had been in multiple bands prior to that. Um, but Russell, specifically coming from, I guess, was it Ash Empire, Ash Empire that was prior to Akuzma? Or um, yeah, uh, after I first moved to San Antonio, I uh, was in a band called Ash Empire, um, and that was a good learning experience. Uh, just learning how to be with uh, in the music scene here in San Antonio, book shows, things like that. Um, after that fell apart, uh, I decided that I wanted to do something that was more... Ash Empire was uh, similar to this. It was very metal with very... Um, and it was electronic as well. But there wasn't... Um, there wasn't uh, the poppiness that we kind of can do occasionally. It was more straightforward, aggressive metal with electronic music kind of backing it up. Mm-hmm. And it was more political-based lyrics. Okay. I'm talking about society, stuff like that. Um, and so after it being kind of... That was kind of pigeonholed into one little thing. I wanted to be able to like kind of write whatever whatever you know it was fun so after that i actually the accusement was intended to be more uh electronic base it was more supposed to be along the lines of like the prodigy okay nice yeah in the beginning and um it just kind of morphed into where we are today you know it's just feedback every time we write something that was more aggressive or heavy people would the feedback would just be like oh we love that song so you know every time write something a little heavier 
while keeping the electronic and elements that make us us. Yeah. Every time we would do that, you know, people would just, you know, flip and, and like the song more and more. So a lot of the, the direction that we've gone in has been based on audience response. Mm-hmm. You know, when people hear the song, whether or not they like it. I think if we got a better response, maybe from the electronic side of things, we actually might be more electronic today than we are. Um, it's our scene. Yeah. It does yeah. have a lot to do with our scene. Um, but I think sometimes the, the, I don't know, just the, the metal, the band part of it sometimes is more well-written mm. and tends to be, and that, that, that has to do with the fact that like the band parts are written, um, as a group. Right. A lot of times everybody gets to their, you know, like on the courses where it's heavy and everybody's rocking out. A lot of people have more input on that. Like on the parts where it's just the electronics and stuff, usually it's just me programming it by myself. So mm-hmm. it's it's very one-sided when I'm doing it like that because it's just coming straight from me. So it's whatever I like. Yeah. Versus whenever we get into the bigger parts of the songs and, uh, you know, Zero adds guitar parts and solos and, and Grover here adds keyboard lines and, um, you know, DJ goes and changes the drums up. And all of a sudden it brings it to life in a more mm-hmm. dynamic way to where their influences are starting to pop up. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it appeals to more people. So Yeah, definitely. So in the beginning, uh Akuzma was you and Tricky? Um, Tricky had been in uh uh Ash Empire with me and then the bassist from that band, uh, his name was Terry, came over to play guitar. Uh and then at that point in time it was uh the two of us and a guitarist. So we needed, you know, more than that to be able to play live. Um, Mm -hmm. I enjoy playing live, so I wanted to be able to get back out into playing live as quickly as possible. So uh, coincidentally, um, a mutual friend of uh, Grover and mine, uh, Jesse, called me up one day. And uh, the band that Grover and Jesse had been in, uh, Seven Day Summer, had finally come to an end. And um, he said, hey, you know, you want to jam? I'm uh, thinking about starting something new. And I'd actually had some songs already written at that point with the other two guys. And I said, well, hey, well, you know, come over and check out these songs. This is what I got going on. You know, see if you want to be a part of it. And uh, they came over and liked it, and we just started jamming together. And then the band just kind of evolved from there, um, members coming and going. Um, I mean, at this point, we probably could actually form an entire other band, right. two different <laughs> bands based on, you know, we've had two people? different guitars, two basses, two drummers. You know what I mean? Wow, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and it's always for different reasons. You know, people are... You know, they get other opportunities and, and other ideas and stuff like that. So life happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think every I think every band that that uh, we've interviewed has all gone through that. You know, the growing pains and the. Yeah. Uh, but I think eventually it, it it equalizes itself in the end, and I think that's what I feel is with you guys as the five. It's it's solidified that live performance that you guys had at Zombies with the first time as as five was solid and the audience response was like oh man they were so tight tonight it was just it felt yeah. like a different it felt like a different uh, a different type of akuzma i guess and i think it's more solid now and i think it's more um it's less chaotic more, i think less yeah True. less chaotic a little bit a little bit more i don't know man it was just there was there was electricity size. yeah it was just electricity that night, and uh, I think that's a good thing, especially that the audience noticed too. People were like, "Oh man, what happened to so and so and so and so?" Oh well, you know this happened, blah blah blah, and they're like, "Well, they sounded awesome tonight." I mean, that's, that's and it a could huge be compliment. that you know a lot of times the less that you have going on, the more that it sounds. Um, sometimes that whole less is more thing, you know what I mean? True. Um, and and then also with with live sound in general it's very difficult to uh how can i put this like um a lot of the the venues have really good pa systems and sound engineers always do their best Mm -hmm. but live sound is always kind of lacking to the recorded experience obviously so the more elements that you have to deal with the harder it is to, to get what's going on. True, for down. a sound person. So, you yeah. know, it's much easier to mix one guitarist than it is two. You know, I've, I've done live sound engineering stuff myself before. And the more elements you have thrown at you, tracks, keyboards, it just, you know, you have to be good at what you do in order to be able to mix it correctly. Otherwise, yeah. one of the instruments will end up getting screwed or two instruments will end up fighting for signal. Mm-hmm. You have two different guitars that are fighting for signal and they end up sounding like mud. Yeah, and then you eliminate one of those guitars right. and play with just one, and you just can hear the one that sounds great. 
Because you're not fighting for signal with the other guy. Especially if the sound guy is not too familiar with the music. Mm-hmm. We were like a seven piece. It's like, yeah. who's who's leads? <laughs> Does the keyboard actually do and anything? I mean, yeah. Just hit one note, you know? And it's like so it's, very rare yeah. that you get the same sound guy over and over again. I mean, most of the time he's a brand new dude who's never heard you before. Yeah. And who's gone through 100 bands that week. So Yeah, absolutely. The only thing he, know, he needs to know is how many inputs he needs and how many whatever's. And he yeah. does as quickly as he can, does the best job as he can. In 15-minute changeover. Yeah, and boom, with you're going. a band that he's never heard before. So, yeah. again, the less elements that you have for him to have to worry about, the better he's going to be able to make you sound. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so after Jason came on board and Jesse, and then later on, Zero came on board. But how how he snuck was that? in the back door? Yeah, <laughs> I always do. Started. I was started like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> started off as a fan, though, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so did Roger. They yeah. um, they both started off as fans. DJ was a drummer. He has another band called Pedagogic, uh, an amazing, um, gent metal band that, um, that a does a lot. Of, yeah, digent. They do a lot of off-time, um, complex polyrhythm-type beats and stuff like that, and they're they're just very, very good at what they do. And um, he was a drummer of that band, and, uh, you know, we uh, needed a drummer, and so he was just like somebody just we knew they could handle the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, our parts tend to go back and forth from simple to complex. It just depends on the song. Once again, sometimes a beat can be as simple as keeping a... a, a basic four four kick on you know like a, a dance beat mm-hmm. and then it can go from that to complex rhythms that are more typical of like metal or metal chord and stuff like that yeah so you know we need somebody that's willing to be able to play the simple stuff and have fun with it but is also very capable of playing the challenging the, the more up-tempo eighth 16th quarter note you know i'm sorry uh 32nd notes that gosh we, yeah yeah that we tend to drop into sometimes man um, and that, that's an emotional emphasis. I mean, it's like, you know, when you have less notes, it's kind of more of a open, having fun part of the song. Yeah. And then when you cram a whole bunch of notes more quickly into it, it, it makes them more emotionally intense. Yeah, absolutely. So we need a drummer that can go with both those flows. Yeah, and DJ um, definitely fits that. I mean, seeing him live, just yeah. insane. And Roger and Zero were both fans beforehand. They saw us play live and said, man, I think that band's got got something going on. <laughs> wasn't <laughs> wasn't he wasn't sure what it was but no yeah. comment even wasn't roger's first show um at backstage live playing opening up for static x yeah i, I think, think that so. was his very first show <laughs> which is ironic because the first time he saw us was when we were opening up for wayne static yeah, um on a so tour. yeah he'd never seen us before and we opened up and he just was fell in love and uh, got our cd and then he was doing lights for another band and uh, we asked them to do lights for us because we wanted to add more to our live show. And uh, from there, it just grew from that. So um, we needed a bass player. And he's like, I could play bass. So he just grabbed a bass and just went he at lied. it. He lied. And he went at it. <laughs> hey, hey, some bass players do that. Some lie? Bass players do that. Some yeah. <laughs> lie. Actually, actually, little. little There's well, a statistic. Uh, Jen Alva from, from Girl in a Coma lied about her being able to play bass. And Fani and the drummer ended up teaching her so that she could play, 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 play bass in Girl in a Coma. Sounds familiar. So, Roger, you're our girl in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I think yeah. uh, while he was around, Tricky made it pretty obvious that he was all about Nina Diaz, like mm-hmm. all about her. <laughs> like I got to see him uh, fanboy out at uh, Limelight no, for his, her open mic. His jaw. He liked a couple of her pictures, I think. Yeah, his jaw was wide open every time. Oh, yeah. she walked by. Yeah, he was like, Nina, 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 can I get a picture with you? Yeah. I was like, "Wow, I'm not used to seeing that with, from Tricky." She's really nice. She is. She is a sweetheart. She's she's a great person. All the girls are uh, in Girl in a Coma. They're just really nice. And Faya too. Um, huge shout out to those guys. Uh, they're the reason. Wait, girl are in they Coma. one of the three people that listen to this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the girls <laughs> listen to it, but uh, thanks. <laughs> not awkward at all. I'm just. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's actually like five or six people. Wow. And right now they're all in this room. <laughs> except no, for me. that's why the three of you why do you think he was so mad at us for not listening because we were supposed to be like I'm just, seven you know, eight nine <laughs> i'm just giving you a hard time that's all right that's all right we'll see how this episode does when it comes out <laughs> is there like a rotten tomatoes for podcasts because 
there there are some really bad podcasts out there. I pride myself <laughs> that I, I really think this is a good podcast. I really do. I listen to I consume massive amounts of podcasts. You have a face for podcasts. I do. I do have a face for podcasts. I have yeah, I have a lot of yeah. Anyway. Um <laughs> So diving right back into it, um, we've talked about musical influences. We talked about the genesis of the band. Um, what's next for the Acoustic? Because I know you guys are on a on a temporary hiatus right now. Music writing, I know, is in full vacation. throttle. Yeah, next, yeah, we're probably gonna uh, VH1 behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> with with whatever happened to yeah, whatever happened yeah. to the Acoustic before they even. Did anything? You see us play hey, video hey, hey, games. Don't say this. I'm your all's manager. No, you can't um, tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna we, have all the good stories then. <laughs> yeah. We're Doc working on uh, we're working on new music. We're working on um, new uh, ideas and stuff like that. Um, I think it's always a good thing in the music industry to keep evolving. Um, people are very temporary in like what they like and what they latch on to. Yeah. So you got to give people the one-two punch of, um, you know, it's kind of like a superhero. They have to have a good, rich backstory, mm-hmm. but they have to be exciting up front and always yeah. something new going on, you know, new villain to fight or whatever. And that's kind of us. Like, we always have a new challenge that we're trying to overcome. Right now, uh, we're working on new music, and we're and I'm trying to, uh, we're trying to write from different angles that we've never written before. Mm-hmm. Um, approaching songs from different techniques that we don't normally do so that the songs are coming out us but different yeah um a lot of bands i think they say oh you know our new stuff is gonna be you know oh, our new stuff is crazy and it's and it's different and it's heavier and they you know when you hear it and it's just like their old stuff you know and yeah. just like the cd before and for us i think it really is different i think that it grows each time um and i think this time is no different i think that when people hear this they're gonna be you know very excited about uh, the songwriting as itself is growing and um, these guys are putting in phenomenal parts I mean like the uh, the keyboard lines and the guitar lines that they're contributing are really really like correct <laughs> top notch <laughs> yeah well that's good I'm, I'm excited I didn't, coming from a, a fan's point of view uh, we by this point will have already put out all four of uh, my top 100 songs for local music. And cool. uh, and the top four are Akuzma songs, right? Uh, number one is an Akuzma song, sir. Under the Gun. Mm-hmm. Under the Gun. I love Under the Gun, man. I don't blame you. I think that was one of the songs we worked so hard on. Just trying to tweak it. It, just it, right. it was I've heard uh, multiple yeah. versions of it, of course, too. That song was... Um, a learning experience for us on our new the new methods that we use to record. So, um, like anything, it was growing pains, you know. Oh yeah. Trying to you know get it get it down, but now that we've done it that way once before, I think um, using some of those same techniques in future recordings will go a lot more smoothly because we know what we're doing. Well, that song was time. like in our file cabinet for about a year. We have a lot of songs, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. And then I've, I've seen the drop. Actually, that was the one we used to play. Like we tried it different. once or twice, yeah. and then you know it was all right. But then we just got a newer stuff and started playing to put that one in the back burner. Yeah. But then it got brought up again. It got revamped. Know, revamped, exactly. Um, a little bit more influence. Um, we learned a lot from a year, year and a half. Yeah. So we were a better musician. So you can it hear just, it like like you can hear everything in that in that song i mean i i like still hopefully by this point we've already licensed it out and you guys have made a billion dollars off of it because i think that song is amazing and i've always said this and i'll and i'll say it from now on i like i could hear that being in uh another not resident evil but the uh blade blade if, no not blade either uh-huh. <laughs> although it could be but i'm like my, my brain puts it in like if they did another underworld which i think oh, i heard yeah, they are yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so I gotta find that world. music director and that. Uh, they are working uh, on so I mean, hey, maybe. maybe Toy Story world. Five, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, under, under the gun. You. Under the gun made it God, made it number one in my top one hundred songs, uh, and then another Akuzma song made it into the top uh, twenty five, I believe, uh, or fifty at least. Uh, Amadeus, we'll take it. <laughs> Which I I love hearing you guys play Amadeus live, and now that I've heard during the practice heard you guys play uh, uh, Flock of Seagulls, that was pretty badass too. Like you guys really made those songs your own. 
Like there's no mistaking the fact that it's it's very acousmatized music. We go well versus eighties music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, just something about the I don't know, the some of the synth pop song stuff from the nineteen eighties. They just translate well into what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it, yeah. but under the gun, man, seriously, like that's that's my all time favorite. Well I think some of the most original music came from the eighties. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. For those of us that were that were that 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 lived through the eighties, obviously have issues talking. Yeah, no, but I mean, like the music's just like it's it's. Uh, In my opinion, that was one of the best parts of the eighties, yeah. like the style and some of the taste of everything else, the colors. The and that's when electronics started yeah, coming. It was terrible, out, like, but Herbie like, the Hancock music was just you know top, as yeah. far as yeah, yeah, oh, and the Herbie influences. Hancock, yeah, Herbie Hancock, Herbie Hancock. Hancock, yeah. Uh, Hancock. Am I not? I'm not getting the inside joke here. No, he's just good. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That one flew right over Hancock. my head, guys. Sorry. There was no inside. I was the... just Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of those names that you always wonder. Way back when people were given last names, it was the name of what they did. So you have, you know, a Smith. They were a blacksmith or. You know, uh, whatnot. And I always wondered where the hell that name came from. <laughs> like, that's a pretty messed up last name. If you put it in that regards, what Well, because he probably was. got caught with a rooster in his hand, you see. <laughs> yeah, he was a farmer. He's probably, yeah. Oh, man. So, so, one question that I always ask everybody, and I know this is my favorite question to ask because it's the most thought-provoking. If somebody were to write a biography about the Akuzma, what would it be called? Shut up and listen. <coughs> Somebody give Grover a Kleenex. No, I would. I would it'd be called Mary Bang Kill. Mary Bang Kill. Yeah, you pick which of Kuzma member you'd rather marry, <laughs> bang them or kill them. Yeah. Oh man. Mary Bang Kill. Okay. I, <laughs> Grover. Man, you're making me think. Well, like I said, it's a very thought-provoking question. Um. I'll. Wow. Um, He's all I'll, getting deep with it. Yeah, I <laughs> want to go, go all psych, psychological on this. Memories in the psych- wind. <laughs> um, I call it like a evolution. All right, all right, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. If you listen to our first CD and mm-hmm. compare it to the next one, which you the would, first CD for those that don't know is Heretic, Heretic, right? Heretic. Okay. right. Then oh, heretic listen, to slavery. I wasn't on that one. <laughs> to slavery. To but slavery. If you gave somebody those CDs, mm-hmm. just blank CDs, listen to it, just music, because you can tell Russell's vocals. Yeah. But it's like, is this the same band? You yeah. Know, that's what I would think. It's just revolving constantly, just an evolution of us being better musicians. So All that's right. cool. We think. Deep thoughts. We think by, by Jack Handy. Yeah. Oh, by Grover. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, I think shut up and listen because shut up and listen. You know, you hear the name of Kuzma, and you're like, "What's that about?" And then you start talking about, "Oh, it's industrial. Oh, it's metal." You know, shut up and listen to it. You like it. Yeah. Coming from an audience point of view, I mean, like I I've known Jason for a while, and back when he was in Seven Day Summer, even you, I think we knew each other back when you were in Sabo, and you were like, "Oh, you need to come check out my band," and I never made it out. Right, I was the bad friend. I never made it out <laughs> until I got turned on to the local music scene. And like friends I was like, that never listen to podcasts. Can't. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. Turnabout's fair play. So I ended up going out to see you guys play at Fitzgerald's. And I'm not really, like, the last time I was into metal-type music was maybe early high school, late middle school. And so it wasn't really my taste any longer. But seeing you guys live totally changed that. Like, that totally opened me right back up to to the genres, to the multiple genres that you guys kind of touch on. And uh, it was definitely an experience. Like, I remember talking to Jason afterwards and being like, man, that, that's... It's totally not what I'm used to as far as what I personally listen to, but it, like, grabbed me. And for people that I've brought out to see you guys, like, even members of my team that hadn't heard of you guys before that went out to see you guys for zomb- for that zombie show, they're like, one of them, you know, she's the manager of a country band, 
you know, a country rock band. And she was like, oh my God, I love the Akuzma. That's to me, that's the, that's y'all's story is that shut up and listen, essentially. I mean, I agree. Yeah. We seem to resonate um, more strongly with people that are not typical metal um, users. I think the metal community is very elitist and jaded a lot of times, you know, like, you know, if you don't listen to this death metal or if you don't listen to this thrash or hardcore or right. whatever, like, then that band sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't like Slayer, you know. Right. Who, you don't like metal. And then yeah. on the other hand, is listen, and on the other hand, the listeners, um, you know, from your point of view, if you walked into the room on, a, um, let's say, a death metal band or a thrash band, um, for you, it's very hard to discern as a listener like what's really going on or what's, yeah. if it's a good or not, you know, death metal band, like unless you're really into that style of music, you really can't tell what's going on from one thing to another. It's just kind of like that. And yeah. um, I think one of the things about us is we're accessible. Like you walk in yes, and we have the metal, the metal parts, but they're presented in rock ways, like rock and roll songwriting with just heavier parts in it, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, and I, and I think that that's a perfect way to explain it is that to the the metal layperson, I guess, or, or music layperson just in general, it's not having not going in with with an idea of what to expect. And you guys throw everything out there. You guys throw in that dance, you guys throw in that metal, that that electronic and it We're just trying to entertain the audience. And it works. It breaks yeah. down that wall. Because and you can't as, be afraid to try something new. Yeah. yeah. How yeah, can you absolutely. grow? You know? Absolutely. I mean, like, I that that changed everything for me. So so really, what I'm saying to the general public in San Antonio, get out to a show. Like, as soon as you can, get out to see the acoustic. There's a, Yeah, and there's a lot of bands out there that are like that, not just us, that um, you'll walk in on and um, they will just blow your mind. You yeah. know what I mean? Pedagogic, um, another example. Yeah, Pedagogic's a great example. Of the only time day. I heard them, the only time I've gotten to see them was when they when we had them on the zombie show, and man, that just blew me away too. Yeah, their their um, skill and playing level is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Who else do you guys enjoy either working with or playing with or just enjoy listening musically to in the local scene? We'll do some local shout-outs at this point. Um, I like Torque Order. I've always liked Torque Order. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, I'm in the middle of working on a Torque Order remix uh, right now for them. Nice. And uh, their new song is really cool. It's called Metal Machines. And I got the tracks the other day and started working on it. And it's it's a cool track. It's a really cool song. Um, I think they've got a new album coming out, some new music. So um, whatever. I guess they're going to be doing a single for this. So hopefully we'll be able to make it onto that. Very cool. And that's um, something else that you guys do is yeah. you guys remix other people's music too. Yep. We're always available to, you know, do, and not just that, but I mean, we could do production, um, electronic programming, uh, remix work. If anybody, you know, wherever needed assistance into that, we can add that in as well. That's cool. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of bands that we, uh, we enjoy. Um, just the other night we went out and saw some of our friends in uh, Adoration Destroyed, uh, Shadow Fashion. Uh, we played a few shows with Shadow Fashion. They're good yeah. friends of ours, and they're you know they don't sound, um, they're not like us. They're 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 more um, synth pop. Yeah, synth pop. Yeah, dark eighties uh, uh, sounding. Now they do have heavy guitar in them, uh, you know, but it's not like the way we do things. But mm-hmm. um, it's really cool because it's kind of like another side of the same coin. Yeah, you know what I mean they're dark. They're electronic-y. They do have heavy guitar, but they just present it in a different light. And they're going through some change up too, right? I think. Uh, Last time I saw them, it was just two. I think it's they, they're three person right three now. Three person now, yeah. Okay. As far as I know, um, and then yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of good bands out there. Friends of ours and um, band, uh, we're friends with a death metal band called Rorion. That's pretty good. Um, we're friends with uh, Pigweed. Um, there's some friends of ours, and they're pretty good too. Um, yeah, so we just have a lot of you know friends out there that we listen to and respect. Uh, there's a lot of bands in San Antonio. There's a lot, a lot of musical acts and bands i mean in any given moment there's probably anywhere from 50 to 100 metal bands in operation wow yeah that is pretty crazy yeah. I, I think one night somebody had posted something on facebook that Maybe said more. yeah probably because yeah. somebody posted favorite favorite local bands and i pride myself on kind of knowing what's going on in the scene but that night i've learned about 
uh, like about 80 bands that I'd never heard of. Yeah, we have an immense like, scene here. Um, not all of them play all the time. You know what I mean? Some of them play less often than others. Mm-hmm. Some of them stick to certain bars or certain scenes or whatever. But I mean, if you included anything that falls under that kind of umbrella of metal, I mean, like there's a lot. Yeah, there's absolutely. a lot of bands out there. So, you know, the good the good friends that we do have in some of the bands that we just mentioned, um, we're glad that they're our friends because you know we got to kind of stick together with the bands mm-hmm. that are kind of like minded as you and want to work hard like you do. Yeah, um, that's another reason a lot of those bands um, are friends of ours. Uh, some of the bands we mentioned, Torque Order, uh, Rorion, Pigweed, um, they're just really really hard workers. They're just. Yeah. Uh, they bust their their asses to try to get where they're going um it's, and it's not you know not the same path that we're walking um but they're really really hard workers in their own right yeah and that attracts us to wanting to play with them because they do such a good job of promoting and just trying to make their dreams come true so right. absolutely you know if you want to be successful you need to work with like-minded successful people yeah you know especially when you're trying to create shows and stuff you're not going to get anywhere when you're playing with bands that don't care if they're promote they don't care if their friends or family show up they don't care if they have five people to walk through the door yeah well that doesn't help you at all because you brought your 20 or 30 people and you but, want to get you know, in front of people yeah you know you want the bigger crowd than that though you want the 200 people right so yeah and coming from a, a promoter standpoint I've, I've seen that too you know i've seen some bands bring in you know 20 30 40 50 people and other bands bring in less than 10 and it's it's rough yeah You're right and I everybody mean, has a bad night and everybody but i mean oh, you yeah. can tell which bands yeah. really work and work hard they they put themselves yeah. out there they sell their merch they um push their music online they yeah. uh, advertise that you can tell yeah um and we like to work with bands like that you know and on top of that the people in those bands oftentimes are more like-minded like us you know mm-hmm. they're not they're not stuck up people they're not they're very down to earth Oh yeah, good dudes that are just trying to make their dreams happen in their own way. And that was one of the things that I noticed about after meeting you guys in person, after seeing you guys play, um, the level of professionalism. You guys are all extremely, <laughs> well, except for Zero. <laughs> but that's why we don't let him talk. <laughs> you guys are extremely personable. You're you're very uh, you're very. Uh, I can't even think of, of the words. Humble. You're very humble. Um, and you work hard, and you've got a great worth work ethic. Uh, that's what that's that's what gets you anywhere. Um, oh yeah, I mean, as many different styles of bands there are, as types of music that exist in the world, it's always the bands that have those kind of attitudes that get somewhere. The ones that are willing to be humble and be nice, because that's what the fans want. Nobody wants to talk to uh, somebody with a rock star complex. There's no yeah. reason to be a jerk. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're all, and the grand scheme of things, we're all kind of on the same level. So, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't think I'm any better than the guy sitting at the bar. So if he wants to come over and say hi, I'll sit there and talk to him. Yeah. You know, like, and, 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 you know, um, but yeah, the professionalism thing is definitely a big thing with us because that's what keeps people wanting to work with you. Oh yeah. And if Especially you want promoters. your career to go anywhere, then you're going to have to work, want people to work with you. Yeah. And you're nobody without people, yeah. fans, you know, that either fans or, yeah. or promoters or venue owners. I yeah. mean, there is a good Absolutely. percentage of the music industry that is about who, you know, you know, who you're friends with, yeah. who you, who you can get in contact with. that will actually listen to you and pay attention to you. Well, and that's and the key so, is that yeah. you get them to listen to you because you're nice to them. You don't, you know, you don't act like a douchebag to them and expect them to listen to your stuff. Yeah, they just toss you aside. Problem solved. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that that gets you guys in uh, good with specifically with venue owners. I, I think a lot of venue venue owners respect you guys. Yeah. Um, you sh- you show and every, up. Every I mean every yeah every member of the Akuzma is very professional and even yeah. even all the ex-members that have been through the band over the years mm-hmm. they've all maintained a very high level professionalism as well um, absolutely because that's just something that we want to work with and so anybody that's ever come through the band has also been like that yeah and been professional in their own right so absolutely Grover you got any local shout outs yeah Russell pretty much named covered just about one. everyone that yeah I, I like to see yeah Zero, I know there's one in particular. Can you say the name right? I can't. I can't <laughs> Do you want to say, say the name right? You? Do you want to say it for you? I'm going to try. 
You want me to try? Try it, yeah. Daniela Drive. No. Damn. <laughs> dang Yellow Drive. Dang Yellow Drive. <laughs> it's the name of a street. It's that Dang Yellow Drive. I've never been on that side of town. It's, it's off of 281 Whatever. by 1604. Donella Drive. I have no business on the north side. <laughs> now, I do know that Donella Drive listens well, to the podcast. I can say, how about Langton Drive? That was easy. Oh, you like Langton Drive. Yeah. Langton Drive We all like Langton Drive. Yeah, we love those girls. Octahedron. Oh, yeah. I saw another band. It was a couple of weeks ago that really just blew my mind. In Jason Kane. Jason, the Jason Kane yeah. band. Jason, is it they're just because like, his name is in the mic? The, the singer's name was Jason Kane, and they look like a bunch of kids. But man, these guys can play. Jason Kane. All right. Well, here's a shout out to them. Maybe they'll reach out, or we'll reach out, or something. So cool. And I know you had mentioned wanting to jam out with Donella. Yes, they're great. So, and I know the they Daniel listen Lurch. to the podcast. <laughs> Vanilla There's Sugar. There's the only three. <laughs> the one other girl, um, they're I think they're based in Houston. And Vanilla Sugar. Yes, they were really good, really talented. <laughs> well, she used to be in Langton Drive. Ah, yeah. Now we see where the talent. There we go. There we talent go. bands to be together. If you want to be a good band in this world, you have to be, have at least one member from San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks for spending some time with Two Ten. And uh, yeah, man. Yep. Thank you. you have, well, last but not least, I can't forget. Where can fans find you guys? We're, Social we're at links. your house right now. <laughs> you can find us at Mario's house. We're on the north side. Yeah, we're not there. Um, we're at Russell's. Actually, no. We're actually at my at my in laws. Sometimes house. at Waterburger. Oh yeah, where is in laws? Well, after don't two come here. We're at Waterburger. <laughs> yeah, Waterburger. We're gonna Google every boy. We're gonna message everybody the address when we're done. We'll party at Mario's. <laughs> Uh, right you can find us. You can actually find us online at pretty much anywhere. You can Google our name, the Akuzuma, and we'll pop up. Um, but I mean, more specifically, uh, definitely on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Reverb Nation, Instagram, um, Instagram, eHarmony. You can find us on. <laughs> you can find Grover on eHarmony and Match.com. Um, you can find Quaker, zero, you can find zero, you can find zero on, a, on Pornhub on a um, on a milk carton when we can't find one of the guys. You can find Roger on the back of a milk carton. Oh, we can't yeah. find him. Yeah, <laughs> and we believe DJ's in India somewhere. It, actually, DJ could possibly be a secret agent, but we're not sure. Yeah, yeah, he's maybe that's. What, yeah, I mean, he's good at it. He had an yeah. RFID tracker removed from his neck. That's what it was. Man, yeah. he could be like killing terrorists and stuff, and we wouldn't even know. He'd come back and be like wearing a suit. Like James Bond style, it's crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, you can find us all over the internet. Anyway, he could have like bullet wounds. You can even find us on iTunes and uh, through yes. CD Baby and stuff. And Apple first. Music. Yeah, I can guide Apple. you guys up on Apple Music. So mm-hmm. look, look out. For and we some should more stuff have soon. our uh, new music out uh, end of February, beginning of March. And this will so, probably be put out a couple weeks before that time frame. It's gonna be so. banging. Yeah, it's gonna be banging. We're writing some Miley Cyrus bangers. So, yeah. I don't even know how to take that. Yeah. I don't even know how, that's what she said. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to the new stuff. I'm um, looking forward to getting some more of y'all's music out there as well. Um, thanks again for your time, guys. And uh, by the time this episode airs, we'll have some more stuff. Uh, probably the the uh, first live shows coming back from the hiatus. We'll we'll start. Uh, blasting that on social soon as well uh you can also hook up with the akuzma and reach us about booking specifically at 210localmusic.com uh and you can find our uh, our space there for uh booking inquiries for the akuzma and uh after this interview we're going to play one song from from the akuzma who wants to pick it does anybody want to pick what we play at the end of the interview Mm. one song is it maybe even something that hasn't been released that you want to throw out there It'll be a surprise. Uh-huh. It'll be a surprise? Yeah. All right. So then when... when Just we... for the 210 listeners. Oh, nice. Just nice. for the 210 listeners. Uh, yeah, we have a... Um, we can give you guys a little preview of a track that we worked on the other day. Feelings. <laughs> Nothing more than... The, the, the remix. Track. The remix. Feelings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want... Are you going to play it? Yeah, right after this. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Whatever you guys want. Or do you want to play it on here right now? From your phone? Yeah. No, I'll throw it on. I'll throw it on from the Dropbox. I'll, there's something the called technology. <laughs> that was oh, me. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, we'll play one. Nice. All, All right. right. Well, we'll. I'll, I'll announce it. I'll. Uh, I'll edit the end of it so I can announce the the name of the track. Word. So as soon as we come up with the name for it. Oh yeah, there we go. 
There we go. Cool. Well, thanks again, guys. I appreciate uh, you coming out way out in the boons. Yes, sir. Have a good night, y'all. I think I saw an alien. <laughs>